Someone left her house in Jardines one hot summer evening, while the smell of jacarandas and magnolias filled the heavy, humid air. The Jardines district is where the rich live. The people whose staff, cooks and gardeners, have a long way to travel, two hours or more, twice a day, to get to and from work. Sao Paulo is a big city. When it rains, the buses are even slower than usual. Someone left her house, borrowed her mother's second car, and went out for a drive with the music of Bjork. Nibelugin laments that seemed out of place in the tropics, turned up full blast. She sang along with the music, but in a shrill, hysterical voice, working off a rage aimed at no one in particular, and a sadness that can be traced to no particular source. Someone drove down the marginal, along the Tiet, past the nouveau riche houses in Morumbi, and then, without giving a thought to where she was going or what she was doing, entered forbidden territory. Not Ebu Iku, but Perisopolis, the very worst favela of all. A hell rather than a paradise. And fraught with danger, making it at that moment irresistible. Someone was not doing the driving. The car was. The car and the music. Then all of a sudden the engine died, leaving only fear and Bjork's high-pitched wails calling out to the wooden shacks, to the smells, to the moonlight on the corrugated iron roofs, and to the noises coming from the cheap TVs, shouting in reply and mingling with the sounds of excited laughter, of voices coming closer and closer until they formed a circle around her, I would not let her go. After that, everything happened fast. Too fast for her to panic or shout or run away. She no longer remembers how many of them there were, but she will always blame herself. Even more than for driving into the favela, for the disgustingly poetic falsification she came up with afterwards out of sheer self-preservation, that it had been like a black cloud. She had been enveloped by a black cloud. And then she had screamed, of course. It had hurt, of course. But as her clothes were being ripped off, there had been laughter. Unforgettable laughter, strident and ecstatic. A sound next to the sound welling up out of a world that had never existed for her before. A hate and a rage so deep that they could swallow you up forever. And yet just as that hysterical shriek rang out, panting voices had urged each other on, something she would remember as long as she lived. They had not bothered to kill her, but had simply left her behind as if she were rubbish. Perhaps that had been the worst thing, the way the voices had disappeared again, back into their own lives, in which she had been a mere incident. Later, the police asked her what she had been doing in that area, and obviously she knew that what they were really saying was that it had all been her fault, when in fact, the thing she did actually blame herself for was that humiliating lie about the cloud, because clouds don't rip your clothes off. Men do. It is men who force their way into your body and into your life, leaving behind a puzzle that you will never be able to solve or rather, that I will never be able to solve.